Please pray with me. Lord God, thank you for the blessing of this opportunity to worship you together. We pray, Lord God, that you would still our turbulent hearts, that you would calm our minds, Lord, and that you would give us your grace and mercy, Lord, to hear you and to understand you and to receive you today. We pray, Lord God, that you would give us a mind which can comprehend what you are saying to us, Lord, and that you would write it upon our hearts and place your word on our lips so that we can be faithful in proclaiming it. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. Morning! It is so great to see you all today. Well, a few weeks ago, in the week leading up to Easter, during Holy Week, um, my cousin sent me a text late in the evening, it was like 8 o'clock at night, telling me that his daughter was coming from Portland to spend Easter with us. We were super excited about it. I mean, we love getting to see family. We don't get to see them very often because they live in Texas, and that's a long ways away. And so we were thrilled that she was going to be coming out. And the message also said, and here's the interesting part, that she was coming at 6.30 the next morning. And could we pick her up at the airport, right? You know, so it's 8 at night, 6.30 in the morning. Um, We were thrilled, right? What a great chance to spend with family. And last minute is perfect for us, right? The last minute is the right minute, as far as I'm concerned. Because at that point, you don't worry about plans, You don't worry about putting on special things for your guests. You just invite them into your life as it is already set. right? You say, all right, she can do what we're doing. She can go do the things we're doing. She can have what we eat. She can enjoy life as we enjoy it. What we have, we will give to her. right? You can't, like, make things up or contrive them when you have no time to plan. right? You just go with what you got. And that's what we did. We gave her what we had. We went with what we, with, what we, with what we had. That was it. And it was a great time, a great time with her. Spontaneous and fun and enjoyable and rich. Our lesson for Acts, I think, contains aspects of that. Going with what you got. Giving what you have. Uh, but unfortunately, our passage picks up halfway through the account. Right, And so I think it's really important to have the whole account so that we don't take it out of context. And so I'm going to tell you the first part of the story. It all begins like this. Peter and John are going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, 3 p.m. On the way, a man who has been lame from birth is being carried to his typical begging spot at the gate of the temple. That was a popular place to beg, right? It's like a, a funnel. Right? So it's, you know, it, it, it increases your marketability. Um, but it also is a great place because there's a Jewish proverb which speaks about uh, if you want the Lord to be generous to you and hear your prayers, you should be generous to others. Right? And so many people think of that as they're going to the temple to pray. And so it's a place of great generosity as well. So he's there. His friends are carrying him. And he and Peter and John are about to go in. When the lame beggar asks for money. Now, instead of ignoring him and moving into the temple to pray, Peter and John look at him and they tell him, Look at us. First of all, this is remarkable in itself, right? Because what do most of us do when someone's asking for money? Well, John, you're reaching in your pocket right now. That's pretty impressive. What do the rest of us do? 
What do we often do? Yeah, if we're bold enough to admit it, sometimes we look away, right? We look away. We pretend we didn't hear anything. Is that the most compassionate thing to do? No. No, we can be a little, yeah. We can certainly think of ourselves pretty easily in those circumstances. And so, yes, so, but these guys stop and look at him and ask him to look at them as well. Because apparently, um, this means the beggar also was not really looking at them either. He was just begging indiscriminately, not targeting specific people, just calling out for help, calling out for help. But Peter and John want him to look at them. They want to make contact with him. Because in that looking at one another, you establish relationship, or at least the possibility of it. So they tell him to look at them, and he does, because he's counting on receiving something now. Right? He's like, ah, I smell money. Right? I smell an opportunity. They are going to give me something. Nobody else looks at me unless they're going to give me something. But then Peter says something amazing and totally unexpected to him. Peter says, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And Peter takes him by the hand and raises him up. The scriptures tell us that immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. And he, this man who has never walked, not only has healed feet and legs, but the strength, the balance, and the agility to leap and walk. Clearly, this is the work of the Lord. Because this doesn't happen like that in our world normally, right? I mean, if your legs suddenly were reconstructed, you see this all the time, right? Um, like, for instance, if you lose a leg in battle or something like that, they'll, you know, they'll give you a prosthetic, but you have to learn to walk on the thing because it's unnatural to you. You've never walked on that. Over time, it can become natural, but initially, it's a learning process. But this man was not only healed, he was completely able to use his legs, which he had never used before. The work of God to heal him completely. And he goes with Peter and John to the temple, clinging to them, clinging to them, and walking, leaping, and praising God. Kids do this sometimes, right? The clinging while walking and leaping, right? You know, you're like, I'm trying to move, and they're like, ah, ah, ah. Jumping all excited, right? That's what this guy is doing. Holding on while like bouncing around full of joy and life. And the people see him doing this. And they recognize him. They know him. They have walked past him, probably not looking at him, many, many, many times before. They know this guy couldn't walk before. And they are amazed and filled with wonder. And this is where our passage for today begins with Peter explaining to them what God intended through this miracle. Because this miracle in itself is awesome, but it points to something greater than this one man's healing. It points to the God behind it and what he is doing. Peter says, this is a long quote, so bear with me. You Israelites, why do you wonder at this, or why do you stare at us? as though by our own power or piety we had made this man walk. The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, the God of our ancestors, has glorified his servant Jesus, whom you handed over and rejected in the presence of Pilate, 
though he had decided to release him. But you rejected the Holy and Righteous One and asked to have a murderer given to you. And you killed the author of life whom God raised from the dead. To this we are witnesses. And by faith in his name, his name itself has made this man strong, whom you see and know. And the faith that is through Jesus has given him this perfect health in the presence of all of you. This man, according to Peter, was made well because of faith in the name of Jesus Christ. And that faith, the faith that comes through Jesus Christ, has given him perfect and complete health. The formerly lame man had responded to the name of Jesus Christ and stood. Remember, Peter said to him, In the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. Him rising up and walked depended on him believing that it was in the name of Jesus Christ that he could do it. And this man did. That is faith. That is faith. Hearing the name of Christ and responding to that name. That's what we see in this man who was formerly lame. Then Peter knows that the miraculous is not done just for this guy. It's not all just about this one man who is able to walk. It's an opportunity to proclaim the goodness of God. And so he calls on all of them to repent and to return to the Lord. He says, repent therefore and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out. Wiped out. It has that that um, sound of completion. Just as this man was made completely well, so would their sins be completely wiped out. In this way, not only the formerly lame man, but all of them could be healed. Not just able to walk, but given new and eternal life in Jesus Christ. Peter and John were asked by this man for some money. They had no money. But that did not stop them from sharing what they did have. They had the good news. The message that Jesus Christ heals and saves and redeems. And they shared that with him. The result of this was not only that that lame man was able to walk, but that 5,000 people believed. 5,000 people. Because Peter and John chose to give this man what they had. And this man responded with faith. 5,000 people were set free. In the world that we live in, we can often feel like we do not have enough to give. Not enough money, not enough time, not enough understanding, not enough ability. The fear of scarcity did not stop Peter. He gave what he had, and what he had was more than enough. Do we stop to realize that you and I, we have what Peter had? It is ours. The healing power of Jesus Christ for the body and the soul, it is ours because the same spirit that empowered Peter empowers us right now. This is a huge blessing and a tremendous gift, but it's also a challenge. 
Because if it's ours, if it's ours, this faith that can take a lame man and make him walk, that can take 5,000 people and lead them to new life in Jesus Christ, if that's ours, and if it's what the world really needs and is yearning for, then what are we going to do with it? What are we going to do with it? We have this treasure inside of us, the power of God residing in us, broken people. What will we do with it? Will we try to hide it? Will we try to conceal it? Will we try to keep it just for ourselves? Or will we allow the power of God to be released in us so that others can be healed, others can be set free from sin and death, so that others can be allowed to receive the joy of Christ? What will we do with it? Brothers and sisters, that is the question which we are left with today. What this week will we do with that phenomenal gift that resides in us? Let's pray. Lord God, what an awesome opportunity and responsibility it is that you have poured your power and grace into us. Lord God, we do not deserve it. We have not earned it. Lord, and we so often squander it. Forgive us, Lord. Forgive us for our pride. Forgive us for our fear. Forgive us for our inaction. And Lord, we pray that by the power of your mercy and your love, you would allow us to be bold for your name, to be bold for your good news, for the increase of your kingdom, for the healing of the broken, Lord. Help us, Lord God, to be filled with a righteous and faithful zeal for you. And we pray, Lord God, that as we step out, as we step out in pursuing you, that you would give us the strength, that you would empower us and encourage us, Lord, and show us how to faithfully serve you this day and each and every day to come. And we pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen.